You are at war with yourself and likely don't realize it. Your thoughts, beliefs, habits, and actions often sabotage you. Are they helping you overcome adversity or setting you up for failure? To win this battle, you must connect with your inner warrior. We all have a warrior within us, one that strengthens our resolve and helps us to rise to meet life's challenges. If you're just surviving rather than thriving, then it's time to embrace the warrior archetype, live the warrior ethos, and ascend. If you are a veteran, first responder, or someone looking to take charge of your life, find your tribe, and then be the hero of your own story, this podcast is for you. Join Mike Kinney and Matt Hastings, two retired U.S. Army officers who served in U.S. Army Special Operations and Army Aviation units, as they share with you optimal performance practices they learned in their time with the Military and Warriors Ascent, a 501c3 nonprofit that helps veterans and warriors with PTS. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warriors Ascent podcast with your hosts, Mike Kenny and Matt Hastings. Hello. Well, all right. So this is season two, episode four, right? So critical thinking, cognitive distortions, and logical fallacies. So as we've mentioned before, you know, if you're thinking, what does critical thinking have to do with the warrior's ascent or being a warrior? Well, I would submit to you that uh, we're all warriors of the mind, right? As we said last time, and that quality of thought, you know, logic, reasoning are absolutely critical skills, you know, for, for any warrior or any, I'll say, high performing individual. So when we talk about cognitive distortions, that leans heavily on some of the cognitive behavioral therapy aspects of what it is that we do. So we'll call that, you know, the healing aspects of our program. So as we've mentioned before, the words sent from healing to high performance. So we'll focus on those, I'll say, healing modalities, right? The high performance, I'd say, lies in the, you know, logical fallacies, right? So bringing your thinking to the next level, right? So maybe not necessarily healing aspects, but really improving your quality of thoughts, argumentation, all of that. So, you know, when we speak of, you know, say operationalizing um, critical thinking, how is it that one goes about that? Well, that's, that's what we'll talk about today. So just to kind of bring everyone in, right? So we like to think that we're creatures of logic, right? Right. Making rational decisions at every turn. I know that's the case with me. I think, yeah, I'm super logical. And everything I do is, is, All logic is grounded in, in logic, right? The <laughs> truth is that we're governed more by emotion than we'd like to believe really is the bottom line, right? Have yeah. you ever just gone with your gut or just felt something was amiss, right? Yeah. So sometimes this is system one kicking in at a subconscious level, deferring to past experience and recognized patterns, right? Sometimes yeah. it's correct and serves you well by averting disaster, but sometimes it leads you astray. And I know you've spoken to that. We've spoken to that before yeah. in, in the cockpit, right? When this yeah. is the case, we must engage system to critical thinking skills, right? To, to kind of change things, right? So critical thinking is an essential skill. One that is becoming less prevalent <laughs> in our society in many regards. Emotionalism yeah. has replaced rationalism. So for more on that, see Jonathan Haidt's coddling of the American mind. And that's one of the points that he speaks to. And, and he brings up one of the cognitive distortions, which is emotional reasoning. 
So that's, uh, you know, that's very important, right? So this pertains to both internal and external dialogue and argumentation, which can lead to a variety of issues, both at an individual and societal level. But what are the obstacles to critical thinking and logical decision-making? Why isn't it as easy and straightforward as it seems, right? Yeah. We'll discuss the impediments to critical thinking and reasoning in this episode in an effort to discipline your thought processes. So with that, Matt, you know, we've teed up some, some interesting concepts, right? So those system one habits and all of it. Do you ever do this when you're going out on a mission and you've gone through, you know, your rehearsals, you've briefed it, you've planned it and all this stuff. And you're, I be going out to the cockpit, doing my pre-flight inspection and just like, I either have what I called the warm fuzzy or I'd have the cold prickly. <laughs> no, I love it, man. You know, and if I ever had that cold prickly, just couldn't understand. I just couldn't figure out what it was. It's just something not feeling just right. Like you said, you know, and so I would get my crew together and I'd just start talking to them. Like, like, what do you think is going to happen next? And we, you know, I'd run into something that we just had not thought of. Like, right. hey, which direction are we going to, if we miss the landing, which direction are we going to do a go around? It's like, oh, we didn't talk about it. I got, I got to inform the rest of the flight, you know, something like those things that would happen. And it'd be like that, that was the cold prickly maybe, you know, and I don't know. I, I had this thing where I always listened to that little stupid inner voice that said, "Mm, it's not, not everything ready. You know, you're not done. And, And it's usually some subconscious thought or it could be a logical fallacy here, you know, but that's where I think that, um, when it didn't seem right that I would look left and right to the people around me and say, does this seem right to you? What am I, what am I missing? You know, um, and you could use that kind of a thing in your life in a lot of ways, I think. So some of the things that you're talking about, right. It's not that we want to vilify system one in this context. A lot of times that is what we're doing. We're like, Hey, system one in, in some instances doesn't serve you well, especially when they're bad habits. But what you're talking about, quite frankly, are the instances of, where system one has served you well. There's a book, it just, you know, popped into my mind. And this is a book from way back when it's uh, Gavin De Becker, The Gift of Fear. Mm. And that's an example. It's an entire book about how that sixth sense, that uneasy feeling really helped people. You know, when, when they didn't ignore it, when they couldn't put their finger on exactly why they weren't feeling that way, but they, they trusted their intuition it say it saved them. Yeah, it's a weird thing. And and in instances where people just dismissed it, like ah, oh, I'm just feeling the heebie-jeebies. It's no big deal. Um, you know, things bad happen. Some of the examples he used, which I find fascinating, were you know there's a God. As the story goes, the guy was in a I don't know a liquor store. I'm going to say, and some fella walks in and. You know, he just had a glance at him, but he's like, something's not right. Something's not right. I can't put my finger on it, but something's not right about that guy. And he leaves. And a couple minutes later, the guy shoots up the whole place. And then upon reflection, he realized the guy was in a trench coat and it was in the heat of summer. Yeah. And he's like, and maybe for some people that would have been obvious at the time for her, for him, it wasn't. But upon reflection, he's like, that's why. And that's what he was using to hide the shotgun that he killed everybody with. Mm-hmm. You know, so with little things like that, system one serving you well. And as you pointed out, you had the, 
what did you call it? The the uneasies, the heebie-jeebies? I called it the cold pricklies, what the I called it. Cold, the cold pricklies. And you're like, hey, I'm, I'm something, something's not right. And then what did you use? You used system two, right? Yeah, to think it through and just be like, what is it? Or is it just me having nerves? You know, because mm-hmm. that... that was the case sometimes that it's just, it's about ready to go do something kind of scary, you know? Right. And, uh, it's okay to be a little nervous. Um, but it was just that point being, you know, just like, what, what is this? You know, should I, should I be concerned about it? Should I just let it go or should I talk about it? So like, I just learned to talk about it because talking about it was free. And, um, usually somebody was misinformed about something, and, you know, it, it would make it a better uh, experience. You know, we had a better outcome every single time. And I, I don't know that I ever overcame what it was going to be and it would have got us. You know, there's no way to, to know that for a fact. But it was just something I knew not to um, back away from. Just some sort of intuition. Yeah. yeah. And then you use, again, the logic of system two to say, all right, hey, I, I've got an uneasy feeling. Let's, Let's get to the root cause of it. No, that probably that probably saved you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it may have just been a critical thinking things. Is like I'm, you know, thinking things through. Like there's something missing. I just can't figure out what it is. There's a lot of things to think of, you know. So right. that's why usually we use checklists and procedure, or that, so we don't fail at that kind of thing. But you never know. No, absolutely. So when we talk about cognitive distortions, and as I mentioned, it's. I'll say grounded in a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy. So, I mean, just to kind of get people acquainted, right? So a cognitive distortion is an exaggerated or irrational thought pattern involved in the onset or perpetuation of psychopathological states such as depression and anxiety, right? Cognitive distortions are thoughts that cause individuals to perceive reality inaccurately, right? Right. And then lastly, we'll say specifically negative thinking patterns reinforce negative emotions and thoughts. So getting back to, again, CBT, your thoughts drive your emotions, drive, drive your, your actions. actions. And consequently, if, <laughs> if they're negative thoughts, negative thinking patterns, there'll be, you know, negative emotions and probably, you know, suboptimal actions. So what do some of those cognitive distortions look like? So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. So again, we've mentioned in previous episodes, the warrior operating system, right? I know it's an eye chart, but for this, we'll talk about cognitive distortions and logical fallacies, right? So if you look in the show notes, we'll have this all outlined. It'd be too much of an eye chart to put up on the screen, but you can see the show notes that will have all of these cognitive distortions and logical fallacies, and probably even more than, than we'll talk about for today. But so one cognitive distortion, all or nothing thinking, and this has been called binary thinking, dichotomous thinking, but, uh, but bottom line, it's, it's all or nothing. It's, you know, I either do things great or I don't. And, and again, if we're talking about negative or bad things, it's usually I, I, I never win. Uh, I, things never go my way. These, it always yeah. works this way. These crazy qualifying words like never. Right. You know, what about always. the three times yesterday that it went right? Well, right. Then think about those, you know. And that ties into some other ones. Uh-huh. Exactly. Like minimi- minimizing the positives. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like you're minimizing, well, all the other things that went well or where I did well, those are just flukes. Right. 
but yeah, this, this, this dichotomous thinking all or nothing, it's, it's, you know, amen. Um, it's always this, or it's all that. And again, as one can see, it's a distortion. That's not the case. You know, you're going to have some good, you're going to have some bad, but when people find themselves in that negative mental state, high anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, it's reinforced yeah. by that type of feeling that perpetuates that mood or that mental state. And the reason it's important, again, from a CBT or a mental health standpoint, to be aware of these is you can, you can catch yourself and Break say, oh, momentum, there I go yeah. again. I'm, I'm beginning to, you know, think bad. The other one is, you know, catastrophizing is another one. Oh, my God, things are going to be calamitous. It's like it's not going to be that bad. Right. You know. So the other one is <laughs> overgeneralizing. Exactly. Over, overgeneralizing. So examples of that, um, you know, you have one small data point, right? One instance case in point, you know, we'll bring it back to aviation. Maybe you have one bad flight or, you know, I don't know. You're like, okay, I didn't do that maneuver very well or that mission didn't go well. And you're like, oh my God, well then I'm, I'm going to be a horrible pilot. You yeah, know, or, no. or you're extrapolating from one small data point, you know, an entire trend or, or, or future, you know, right. you're, you're generalizing way too much. And it's just like, no, that's not the case. That's one data point. So, yeah. It's just one time, you know, and that's tough for us as, you know, high performers that are expecting high outcomes, you know, and uh, you, you don't make it, you know, mm -hmm. I, th I think we all engage in some kind of, how do I make myself better? Um, to say always, <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. So, I mean, even as a parent, you know, you yell at your kid or something like that, you know, and, and again, you use that one to, oh, like, I am a horrible parent. God, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm terrible. So, you know, you had a bad day, you know, and as long as you realize it and say, well, that was suboptimal behavior. That's not the way I want to show up. That's not the way I want to interact with my kid. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to make some changes and adjustments, right? I'm going to take remedial action and I'll do better next time. That's the, I'll say the healthier way of going about that versus, oh my God, this one thing that I did and, and you know, I'm, I'm just a horrible person. So minimizing positives, maximizing negatives. Those are two others. So, you know, you're downplaying the things that you do well, you're overemphasizing the things that you've not done well or things that have gone poorly. And then from there, you're, you're painting a picture of doom and gloom for yourself. Or, man, you know, yeah. the kind of person that you are, right? Shoulds and musts. That's a big one, man. So what do you think about that? Shoulds and musts. You should. He should. I should. You must. I've heard somebody say, you're shooting all over me. Yes. Anna and, says that yeah, a lot. You're, shoot. shooting, you're shooting all over yourself. Yeah. Yes. And just like, there's some things that I have to meet a certain standard if I'm in a certain job and I, and I need to do that. And I need to keep doing it until, but outside of that, you know, like. I can give myself a little break and, and I don't need to say, you know, and this one is like, I should never be late for anything. And that's one for me, you know, I'm somewhere, if I'm 10 minutes, whatever we say, if we're five minutes early or 10 minutes late or whatever. And, um, but I, you know, to tell yourself you're a terrible human over it is, is pretty bad. You know, <laughs> I think you've taken it over the ledge. Yeah, Dave, says, what, yeah, Dave was saying, 
Yeah. One of the guys went through our program, you know, Navy guy, he was saying, if you're, if you're late, you're a bad person. You're a bad We're person. joking, of course. He's joking. <laughs> but, uh, but that is almost the military mindset. It's well, just like, you are irresponsible. I'm an aerosol pilot. So we were like plus or minus, plus 30, minus seconds. 30 seconds. Is and the like, standard. We didn't, yeah. That was the standard booty. If it wasn't plus, you know, like five, you know, you, you, the people in your unit are going to get on you. And then that's the kind of thing that gets you going, man, I'm not good enough. It's like, you're making the standard. We're just trying to make it even better. Right. We're trying to be perfectionist, but we'll take 30 seconds, you know, every time, unless the bombs are late or early. You don't want the bomb early and me being late. That's the problem. That's right. But you know, some of this stuff as we're looking through there, Mike, I just keep saying, these are the kind of excuses that people make for not seeking help all the time. You well, know, like, there, there's, I'm not going to say, you know, a pathology, but you know, there is like a mentality, a psychology, you know, in, in terms of, again, being able to rationalize, say, it's not always going to be this way, or, you know, the virtuous, right. you take the bad with the good. If, you know, you allow yourself to continue to go down that slippery slope of negative thinking, you know, a lot of this, I'll say, speaks to that, you know, that's where it resides. So as we mentioned, so we're talking about critical thinking, being a better thinker, warrior of the mind right? Cognitive distortions is. These aren't accurate things you're saying to yourself. That's exactly it. I mean, you know, it's like when when one asks, well, how do you operationalize that? Well, you know, you need to be cognizant of these and then cater for them and just say, all right, hey, am I, am I catastrophizing? Am I, you know, overgeneralizing? And if the answer is, yeah, then kind of you can somewhat, I'll say, talk yourself or rationalize yourself off the ledge. Right. I mean, here's, here's what I, like one of my stories, and I think it's common is like, I don't think I should need to come to a veterans program because my role in the army or in the war or my trauma isn't that big compared to guys that had double amputees. So I, I, how, how dare I? feel sad or upset when I, I got all my arms and legs, eyeballs, everything. Right. And like, you're telling me that I'm supposed to be upset when I see guys, no arms, no legs over there. So I don't, I don't deserve to have a rating of PTS or something like that. I didn't do enough for it. I mean, all of these are you're hitting overgeneralization, minimizing positives, maximizing the negatives. Or labeling, labeling's another one. You know, it's, you know, the example is I'm such a loser. Such a loser. But, you know, what you find and we, we, you know, we, we dismiss it, you know, we, we address it. And, and I think people come to realize a lot of people are like, oh, if I'm hurting, I'm, I'm not tough. Right. It's not that, oh, I've been through a lot. I've seen a lot. I'm dealing with a lot and I need help. It's they're labeling. I'm just weak. I'm just not. Exactly. I'm not tough enough. And that's why. This is what, these are the things I was saying to myself. I'm like, and then you look back at it's like, well, look, these are the true facts. And anybody right. else would right. go, gosh, give yourself a huge break, you know. And mm-hmm. um, so when they see, you know, Marines got snipers, SWAT dudes, Rangers, all of that, and dudes are like, whoa, the toughest of the tough dudes are hurting too. Yeah, you know. Then that label of, well, I'm I'm just weak. I'm not tough. You're like when the, when the super tough dudes are like, all right, maybe this is a common thing, yeah. you know, and I should more focus than- more on like, well, hey, I've experienced some stuff. They've experienced some stuff. There it is. Yeah. I mean, I think it's yeah. so helpful to get this information out. So emotional reasoning. This is one that Jonathan Haidt in Coddling of the American Mind speaks to. Um, 
And it's this notion that, you know, he used the example. And of course, it's like the antithesis, you know, where he's like, hey, you know, these are the guidelines, but they're not true. He's like, this is what contemporary society is kind of embracing. So your emotions will never steer you wrong. You know, of course, which is incorrect, but people, you know, do emotional thinking, you know, versus, you know, rationalizing. So it's this notion that, uh, well, I feel a certain way and hence it must be true. I mean, the example they have here is I felt guilty putting my child in timeout, so I must have done it wrong. It's like, no, you just feel guilty because, you know, you had to punish your kid. No, you it's know? not cool. It's not fun. And, and, you know, it's never fun, you know, but it needs to be done. It doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you did it wrong. Um, I mean, there are all sorts of, you know, instances of emotional thinking. Like you may not like, you know, a certain outcome, a certain, you know, course of action. You may not like an individual, you know. But that doesn't change facts. But that doesn't change, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the facts or whatever. We've all seen that. You're like, I don't like that guy or I don't like that gal. And I want them to be wrong or, you know, whatever, but, but they're right. But I'm going to, you know, you know, and, and that's, I'll say, somewhat related to ad hominem attacks, which are logical fallacies. But it's this emotional thinking. It's like when your emotions, how you feel, govern decisions right. or actions or thoughts, that's where you go astray. Because again, from the cognitive behavioral, your thoughts drive your emotions, drive your actions. Exactly. So when it, when it's vice versa, that's something to think about. So what else? Fortune telling, right? And the example we have here is if I go to that event, I'll probably be anxious the whole time. It's very prophetic. You're going to, if you do that, <laughs> you know, that's exactly it. Yeah. Like, Hey, I know this is going to happen or, Oh, this guy is going to do this. Or if I go into this situation, or if we do this podcast, Matt, you and me, you and I, it's going to suck and no one's going to listen. People will make fun of us. <laughs> At least nobody will make fun of us because nobody will listen. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. But, you know, it's, oh, man, hey, looking into the future and thinking, man, it's all going to be bad, you know, or extrapolating from something that, oh, my God, it's going to be horrible. And then, you know, selective abstractions is the final one. And they talk about it's my fault that people at the party didn't have fun, <laughs> meaning they're ascribing to one data point, a, a linkage, of you know, all a causal linkage. Yeah. I showed up to the party and then it rained. That was me, you know, yeah. or I showed up and no one had fun. So clearly, clearly it was me. I ruined everybody's this or, you know, I was on the team and I, you know, dropped the ball and we lost because it's Missed like, the field goal or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. So it's like, you know, hey, man. It's a little bit of a pity party there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. But it, these are all, again, examples, you know, of, as it says, you know, cognitive distortions, you know, overly negative, where it's this self-perpetuating cycle of negativity that really, quite frankly, is flawed logic. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, one of the ways to, that we use in, in the program, right, the uh, daily thought record. So you talk about a, a thought, you know, and an emotion that drove that, right, and a requisite action. Writing this down, and it could be a logbook, it could be a journal, it could be, you know, a variety of things. But then an alternate thought, right, an alternate thought, an alternate feeling. So in other words, really getting to the root of, you know, why does your feeling a certain way, the thoughts that underpin that. 
And if those don't serve you, developing an alternate thought, you know, so case in point, somebody might cut in front of you in traffic and then you're overgeneralizing or you're labeling that guy's an inconsiderate a-hole, you know, and this and that, and he hates me and he did that to spite me. The alternate thought might very well be, hey man, this guy is, maybe he's bringing his kid to the hospital. He's got appendicitis for all you know, or he's late to his job and this is going to be the third time and he's going to get fired. It's got nothing to do with you. And you, and you know what? I think that thinking those things is great, but I think writing it down in a record, actually taking the act to write it yeah. is, is more impactful to, to you right. because I mean, you can go back and read it again, but just, there's just that mechanical extra piece that you have to actually sit down and do it. Um, and I, I don't know. I just find that helps me make it more realistic. Um, I could sit and think all day long, man, here's all the things I didn't did wrong. It's just the same thing as a, uh, in an after action review. There you go. We would it, do. It's reflection, you know, I'll say clinically, but an yeah. AAR after action. No, because exactly. you know, we're about to do Hey, we did a mission like this before. Mm-hmm. Let's pull out that after action review. We did. And check out what mistakes we made and like not make those same mistakes. Right. And so that's why we do an after action review. And the same, same is true for writing this stuff down. I mean, I can go back and go, Hey, I don't even remember this day, but this kind of thing just happened to me again. And look at that. I repeated it something or, you know, I just like the documentation piece of it. And they say good writing is good thinking. Right? Yeah. So writing the act of writing and clarifying your thoughts actually enhances your your, your, your thinking, you know, so to your point, writing it down is actually a fantastic exercise. So just very quickly in, in the closing minutes, logical fallacies. So again, higher level, really speaking to, I'll, I'll say argumentation, quality of thought, you know, so less of the mental health aspects and more, you know, being a worry of the mind, hey, you know, thinking clearly, right? Yeah. So uh, a logical fallacy is a flaw in reasoning that makes an argument invalid, unsound, or misleading. And we those abound. We see we're surrounded by ad hominem attacks. So attacking the man, you know, or woman for that matter, versus the logic of their argument. Oh, this person's mean, or they're this, or they're affiliated with this party or this organization, you know, so rather than hearing their argument, and if you disagree, disagreeing with the structure of the argument and facts, it's an, it's an attack on them. They're stupid. So, I mean, that's just, that's just laziness. So there's yeah. that. Uh, straw man fallacy. We talked about this. It's, you know, misrepresenting their argument to make it easy to defeat. So we'll talk about, you know, concealed carrier gun laws, you know, and you can argue both sides of the fence. So to say that, uh, you know, those in favor of more restricted um, gun laws are all just trying to take away everybody's guns and disarm everybody. That might be an oversimplification oversimplification of straw man. I mean, to be fair, it may just be that, well, we want guns to be better regulated. We don't want them in the hands of people that don't need to have them. That's a fair argument. So to say that having stricter gun laws or, or licensure or whatever is like overly burdensome, that that's debatable. The flip side of that coin is to say, Hey, if somebody's against overly strict gun laws, like New Jersey, I think they just overturned the limit on concealed carry. So, you know, and that was fought in the Supreme Court, Um, you know, but to say, oh, well, you know, if you want that, you just want everyone to have guns. It's like, well, no, that's a straw man as well. That's not the argument at all. People, you know, should have the right to carry weapons and defend themselves if 
If they meet certain criteria, yeah, you know, right so it's everything. It's right. kind of the virtuous mean. So the straw man is just misrepresenting, misrepresenting yeah. somebody's argument making and oversimplistic. So Easy to do and, and exactly. rampant in today's mm-hmm. world. Yeah. So appeal to authority is another one. So just because somebody has a PhD in something, you know, and you're going to defer to that person, certainly I would, I would submit that their, their, uh, you know, their argument or their, their opinion may count a little bit more than somebody that's got no, no knowledge or no pedigree, but still the, you know, the facts remain, it's the power, you know, and, and, uh, quality of their arguments that really right. matters. So just because somebody has a, Not their stature. You know, a pedigree or a stature or a background or bona fides doesn't mean that what they're saying or what they're arguing is correct just because of their stature. I'm, you know, so right. that's something to be considered as well. Um, so that's the appeal to authority. We've got a few minutes left. So False dilemma, false dichotomy, right? So it's, it's either all or nothing. You're either with us or you're against us. Right. It's either all of this or all of that. Life is far more nuanced and seldom is it all or nothing. It's usually, right. all right, hey, some middle ground, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, hasty generalization, I'll say somewhat related to what we talked about before, overgeneralizing, extrapolating from one data point. Hey, this happened, hence, you know, what it, what it means is this, and you're like, well, you're taking that way out of context. You're ascribing way too much weight to something that is relatively inconsequential. Right. And it's, again, lazy, lazy argument. Slippery slope, I'll say somewhat related. Oh, my God, you know, this happened, and now what that means is this and this, raining cats and dogs. It's going <laughs> to ruin everything. You know, it, you know, and again, things are usually far more nuanced than that. Um, and lastly, we'll, you know, we'll just say uh, appeal to emotion, right? People feel a certain way, tugging on heartstrings. You see this in politics. You see this in marketing. People like to think they make emotional purchasing decisions, or I'm sorry, logical purchasing decisions, when quite frankly, people typically buy emotionally, right? Or make a decision emotionally, and then they justify <laughs> retrospectively with logic, you know? So those are just some things to consider. And yeah. people play on that, you know, again, with these, with these logical fallacies. So uh, I know we kind of went through that very quickly. See the show notes for more of the. the I know, but you know, you should too, because a lot of these, man. If you if you watch the news today and you're getting nervous, and overly anxious by what you see, I think you could go through this list of them and find so many things they're using to scare you and and upset your emotions. It's true that maybe that's helpful as a as a takeaway. They'd look at this stuff and go, okay. It's true. I should just relax you a little see, bit about this. In the news and politics. And these, a lot of these are techniques. The media, yeah, those totally. are all the techniques. You're yeah. absolutely right, brother. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, man. All right, everybody. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks. So, you know, the, the takeaways in the end are uh, cognitive distortions, right? Exaggerated or irrational thought patterns. Be aware of them, right? Because they affect your thinking and they, and oftentimes they're automatic. And those logical fallacies are flaws, in reasoning. So be aware of those. And as Matt pointed out, you're surrounded by them. Social media, politics, the news. Um, And if you want to increase the quality of your thought and be a more informed consumer of information, you'd be well served to really understand those those logical fallacies. And some of them, quite frankly, are just, uh, I'll say, mistakes, unintentional, and then some are deliberate. 
Some are very, very much deliberate trying to convince you of something that otherwise you would not be convinced of if you were really to about, focus right. yeah, with, with true logic and reasoning. Yep. So with all of that said, thanks. Um, like us, share us, and we'll see you next episode. All right, excellent. Hi, Matt Hastings here, sending a thank you for watching this episode of the Warriors Ascent podcast. You know, we strive to build a community of warriors made up of our nation's veterans and first responders, and to reach as many of those in need as possible, we need your help. Please just smash that like button and comment or share our content. Warriors Ascent is a Kansas City-based nonprofit that aids veterans and first responders with PTS. I went through this effective program and want those that are struggling to find what I found. Check us out on our website at warriorsascent.org.